Welcome back to Connect Learning to Life. I'm your host, Nathan Bacall. Our last guest um, is someone we have on every week. Each week, we do have our final segment in the show called the Civics Segment by Justin Williams. Justin is a serial entrepreneur, mentor, educator, and community leader. Most recently, Justin launched Civics, a national program to foster a movement of civic renewal through the deliberation, innovation, and action. Justin, how are you today? I'm great. Thanks, Nathan. Great. I'm looking and, forward to our discussion. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, you know, I, I know your, your essay is a little longer today. I definitely want to give you that time. Uh, before we jump in, though, how, how was your holidays? Uh, it's, it's been terrific. Uh, I mean, for, for the, the fact that we're in a pandemic, it's been a, um, it's been a great time to be able to, to be with family and to kind of refresh um, and to see what's, what's emerging in 2021. It's going to be, it's going to be a, a better year. I think we all kind of agree to that. Absolutely. All right, cool. Why don't you take it away? Um, I'm excited to hear this essay. It's titled, uh, Addressing Our Civic Anxiety Protects Our Democracy, Our Economy, and Our Liberty. By January of 1933, America was in its third year of a national crisis. The rapid growth of the stock market in the late 1920s led to a massive stock market crash in 1929, and the resulting national panic led to a Great Depression. By the time Franklin Delano Roosevelt entered the White House in 1933, our U.S. industrial production had collapsed by 47%, our national GDP had contracted by 30%, and our unemployment reached over 20%. On March 3, 1933, the newly elected president delivered his first inaugural address. Roosevelt's purpose in delivering his address was to attack the psychology of the Great Depression. Facing a seemingly endless national crisis, he sought to calm the anxiety that Americans were feeling and to address the fears they were sure to have about the unprecedented expansion of federal power that would be required in order to bring an end to the Great Depression. During his address, he delivered his best-known quote. Quote, First of all, let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Nameless, unreasoning, unjustified terror, which paralyzes needed efforts to convert retreat into advance. In every dark hour of our national life, a leadership of frankness and, and of vigor has met with that understanding and support of the people themselves which is essential to victory. I am convinced that you will again give that support to leadership in these critical days. In this period, Americans were shocked by an economic collapse, widespread social unrest, and a worldwide rise in popular support for authoritarian nationalism. The crisis created individual and collective fears and overall civic anxiety. Today, Americans are living through another seamless, uh, seemingly endless national crisis. We are again shocked by an economic collapse, widespread social unrest, and a worldwide rise in popular support for authoritarian nationalism. And just like in 1933, people today fear for our personal safety and for our future uh, and for the future of our nation. Philosopher Bertrand Russell once said that, quote, Neither a man, nor a crowd, nor a nation can be trusted to act humanely 
were to think sanely under the influence of a great fear. And that's because decisions under the pressure of fear, our fight or flight brains kick in. We feel less in control because we feel forced to act quickly. And we feel we don't have time for thorough deliberation, so we lose patience for creative problem solving and stop looking for solutions that meet the needs of our entire nation, which is filled with a diverse groups of people. Instead, we focus on the needs of people, quote, like us. While the heightened civic anxieties we feel today can create a sense of urgency to take positive actions, it can also present an opportunity for abuse by leaders seeking to concentrate or abuse their power. That's because if we feel we don't have time to gather good information, we look to leaders to give us the information and the solution, which leaves us open to manipulation by media outlets and propaganda crafted to manipulate our emotions. The greatness of President Roosevelt's civic leadership in our moment of overwhelming crisis was that he understood that it was all rooted in managing our national civic anxiety. Quote, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. At Civics, we're committed to working to create a national movement for civic renewal through deliberation, innovation, and action. This is because as citizens, we must work together to find creative solutions and take action to solve our shared problems. But to do this, we need to find ways as a society to manage our national collective fears. That empowers us to be in control, to act thoughtfully, and to seek out the solutions that meet the needs of our entire nation. And that's why today's Civics 5 comes from the National, I mean, the American Psychological Association. In their article entitled Managing Stress Related to Political Change, they provide five steps for citizens um, to help manage their anxieties. Number one, stay informed but know your limits. Consider how much news you take in and how that information is affecting you. If you are preoccupied by national events and it's interfering with your daily life, this may be a sign to cut back on your news intake and limit social media discussions. Number two, find commonalities with others. We come into contact with people every day whose beliefs differ from our own. If the topic of political differences arises, avoid heated discussions and try to identify commonalities within your different views. Sometimes different views can come from a similar underlying principle. So be open to hearing about other, another person's story and maybe even validate how they are feeling. When we frame our thinking this way, it can be easier to tolerate or understand people with different views and even perhaps work together towards a common goal. If you find it difficult to discuss political issues in a calm and constructive manner, it's best to disengage from the conversation. Number three, find meaningful ways to get involved in your community. Identify issues that are important to you and research organizations that work on those issues. Contact them and see how you can join their efforts. You can also consider getting involved in local politics where it could be possible to see the direct impact of your efforts. Number four, seek solace. Faith-based faith organizations and other community organizations can provide vital emotional and spiritual support during stressful times. Engaging in soothing activities such as meditation, relaxation, or mindfulness can also help you connect to the present moment and find some peace. And number five, 
take care of yourself. Because stress can have a physical and emotional impact on your overall health. Find activities you enjoy uh, to help you recharge and reduce your stress, such as exercising, listening to your favorite music, or spending time with close family and friends. Our approach to civic leadership today is changing as the world changes. But just like in 1933, our ability to address our civic anxiety will protect our democracy, our economy, and ultimately our liberties. Justin, thanks thanks for, for sharing that with us. You know, you, you had said, and today Americans are living through another seamless, endless, na- um, seemingless, endless national crisis. We are again shocked by an economic collapse, widespread social unrest, and a worldwide rise in popular support for authoritarian nationalism. I, you know, I guess with, with all of these anxieties Americans are dealing with today, what is something that um, you're looking forward to, not, not even in this, you know, this next year, but something that you're looking forward to um, in the next couple of years to maybe get us past this feeling, past these anxieties? You know, how is that something we can achieve? Well, I think it's, um, I think it's a challenge, uh, to be honest, because we are faced with um, so much of a polarization that creates um, a, almost an intentional uh, division between uh, two parts of our, our society here in, in our country and around the world. And, and so I think that with this rising awareness of the threats to our uh, liberty and our democracy, we're also seeing a rising response to be civically engaged. Um, and I think that natural response to try and solve the problem, to try and protect our liberties and, and our democracy um, is something that we are just beginning to see. Um, and, and I think what's essential is that we maintain that level of engagement, not only because it's such a heightened election and such a polarizing moment um, right now, because the, the factors that led to this aren't going away anytime soon. And so we need to begin working on the fabric of our society. And I think that we're prepared to be doing that. Um, which gives me a great deal of hope about the direction we can go in the next couple of years. Right. And and I, I was seeing, I saw something on, I believe, CNN, and they talked about President Trump being as polarizing of a figure as he is, um, actually may have led to more civic engagement. Um, in in like a sentence, can you can you let us know how, how you think we can maintain this civic engagement? Yeah, I think that it's critical that we don't see this as um, a behavior around elections, but a behavioral um, lifestyle that democracy requires, Um, which means that, you know, we can check in and out of of politics and our society. But but we um, need to do it at intervals more often than every four years. Right. We need Mm -hmm. to to um, care about our local communities and identify what's going on here, help people. Um, And and by shortening the cycles so that we're engaged, maybe not as intensely every four years, but but slightly less intense every you know right. few months. Yeah, I Justin, think that gives us a great deal. Thank of you. Up. We have to go. We do our you know we're about out of time. Justin Williams with Civics. I want to thank you for taking the time, and I want to thank everyone out there listening. This is Connect Learning to Life. 